Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. John chapter 3 and verse 1. It says this, I mean this, this scripture, if you know John chapter 3, most of you will have John chapter three sixteen on your fridge or on some card in the house. For God's soul of the world. But we're just going to expand on this and look at the conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus the Pharisee. uh, Which is very interesting I believe and is just going to shed some light on some things today. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That's where the term comes, born again. If you've ever, and I've done this many times, spoke to my friends or people and said, they said, what kind of Christian are you? Are you one of those Jehovah's Witnesses? I'm like, no, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. What kind of Christian are you? There's many Christians. Well, I'm a born... Oh, you're one of those born again ones. Oh, those weird ones. And I just say, well, it's in the Bible. John chapter 3. And even Jesus said it. You must be born again. Then verse 4 says, Nicodemus says, How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus said, Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. So, in other words, Nicodemus is looking at the whole illustration of birth and he's saying, I don't understand this. How can you actually be born again? I mean, you can only be born once. And I know when my birth birth certificate was. I know when my birthday is. And that's only happening once. And Jesus answered this. He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, as we know and we've experienced in our lives. But the Spirit, it says, gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. He says it a second time. Verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You're Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and what we testify to what we've seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. And here we go at verse 16, which everyone knows so well. For God so loved the world that He gave His own one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. For God did not send His Son into the world, 
to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Let me tell you today, God never condemns you when we receive his Son. You might see see condemnation from the enemy, but the only thing the Holy Spirit's going to do for you today is convict you and bring you back into relationship with him. Jesus sums it up in verse 19. He says this, this is the verdict. This is the summary. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. They'll not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Amen. I want to talk to you this afternoon just briefly about the story of Nicodemus talking to Jesus. How many of you know, if you know anything about Nicodemus and the Pharisees, in fact, Jesus didn't have much good stuff to say about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because they're Sadducees. Sorry, I had to say that. But the reality is this, they had such wisdom, they knew much about the Scriptures, but here we see this very interesting story where someone who knows everything comes to find out more. They come to find out, and not from another Pharisee, not from another person who should have all the scriptures, but actually someone who's going around stirring up trouble. How many of you know that Jesus liked to stir up a bit of trouble? If you think Jesus was, uh, you know, he was a, a good and proper and went around and didn't cause any problems, you're wrong. Because if you look, Jesus did all the things. It was controversial what Jesus did in his time. He shook the whole system. Many times when I go on the streets and I talk to people and I witness to people on the streets and they say, you know, I'm not interested in religion. I said to them, well, the thing is, Jesus never liked the religious people anyway. Jesus did not like the religious. In fact, Jesus came to rock the religious system. So if you think today we're all coming and meeting together at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock every week to perform some religious act and try and tell ourselves that we're all religious, you got, you got that wrong. Because the reason why we're here is because Jesus Christ has done something in our lives. He's done something hopefully in your life today. And if he hasn't, he can do it today because salvation is for today. It's not for tomorrow. It's for you right now. And and Jesus wants to do things fresh in our lives to bring us into reconciliation with the Father and relationship with Him. And so He's about life. He's about the Spirit. And I love this story because what you find is someone who actually should know everything, He's coming to find out more. He's coming to find out about things that Jesus is about to tell Him about the Spirit. He knows the Word. He knows the Scriptures. He is devout to it. You know, the Pharisees, they were, they were so fastidious in what they did. They, they did everything to the law, religiously. They got a lot of things wrong, but they did everything religiously. Even down to herbs and spices, they would tithe these things. The smallest of things, they would do all these things, but yet, Jesus still had things to criticize them over. 
I don't know where you're at today in your faith, but let me tell you, you can say, oh, well, that was the Pharisees then. Do you realize you can have a, a Pharisaical faith? You can have a faith today that actually what you're doing is resting everything of what you've learned, and now you're just relying on your wisdom, who you've become, and actually it doesn't just rely on wisdom from the Bible, but what actually happens is you start to rely on yourself. So everything you're learning in the system outside becomes your foundation. It becomes actually mixed in with Christianity to the point where you come to church and all of a sudden you realize that actually you've diluted the very thing that God started in your life. And what you've done is you've walked away from the things that God wanted for you and actually you're building this this life and, and, and everything's built on knowledge. I want to tell you today, God wants to take you from knowledge to knowing Him. It's time in 2019 for you to know Jesus personally again. To get into the whole reason, come on, the whole reason Jesus died on the cross is so that you could have relationship with Him. Not for you to go to church and be religious. He doesn't want your religion. The Bible says your righteousness is like filthy rags. It's not very good. Listen, whatever you do, the best you can do, he says, I'm I'm not interested in you trying to impress me. I want you. I want you. Just want relationship with you. When's the last time you actually talked to him or tried to impress him? So many of us in, in the new year, I say it every year, but... We try our Bible reading plans. We do our one-year plans. We do all these things. And, and actually what can happen is our faith is based on the problems I'm going through at the moment, the challenges in life, my 2019 challenges. If I up my prayer life, if I increase this, if I read my Bible a bit more, then these problems are going to start to solve. Now all these things are good, but they're not the thing that solved the problem. The thing you need to solve the problem is to get closer to Jesus. To trust Him. The more you trust Him, the more you know Him, the more you want to read about Him. That's the way it works. When you put Him first and you love Him first. Nicodemus here, he's now got this life of rules and regulations, self-achievements. And he comes to Jesus and says, you know, he says this, we know that you've come from God. Did you notice that? He didn't say, I know. He says, we know. That means that they had a little meeting one night, a leadership meeting. And they said, you know, we're noticing something about this Jesus guy. He's going around doing stuff. He's, he's doing more than we're doing. He's achieving more. He's more fruitful than we are. He's, he's achieving miracles, signs, wonders. And so Nicodemus, something happens in him. He doesn't want to disregard him, but he actually wants to find out more. He says, we know that you've come from God because of the signs. No one will be able to perform that if he didn't, didn't come from God. So what happens is Nicodemus, he gets attracted to Jesus. He's engaged by what? The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the work. But what Jesus wants him to find is not just to be engaged by the work of the kingdom, but to have the power of the kingdom in him. So that actually, you're not coming to just look at the fruit of the Spirit of what happens. Because let me tell you, you can can see kingdom work around you. You'll be engaged by it. It will attract you. But there's a difference in being engaged or empowered. You can either get in on it or just watch it. And they watched it. They observed it. And they saw something different. And this whole dialogue that happens is Jesus trying to get him to understand that actually don't rely on your knowledge. Your knowledge is good. 
Your knowledge is great. You know a lot. But I want to tell you something more. And he talks about being born of the Spirit. He says, being born again. So the actual uh, reference to being born again is, is really coming and talking about being born again, salvation. But I just want to talk to you this afternoon about what it means. This whole emphasis on the fact that the Spirit's work. You see, he's not used to this. He wants to hear stuff about, you know, how you're doing this. I want a methodical answer to how you're doing these miracles. Many, many of us want to know the hows, but we don't know the who. You want to know how it's all going to work out. We're living in an age of information. We just need information. When I, speaking of birth, when, when we had our children, literally from the day that I know we're having a child, and you get the, the test that says a little single line, or if you've got a bit more money, you'll get a digital one that says pregnant. Same thing, it just says pregnant or a line, but it's the same thing. And you get these tests. And from that moment, technology has given you the ability to understand that there's something's on its way. New life has started. And then you go through the process. And I then went down to the local bookshop, bought a book, and I'm starting to look at all the trimester stages of what's coming next. And you're thinking, wow, this is amazing. Pictures. What the stages are, the growth, oh wow, it's this big now. And then you go to the, the hospital, the first stages, you don't see a picture, but you hear the heartbeat. And then the next one you go to, you go to the 12 week, I nearly said 12 month. You go to the 12 week, <laughs> and you see something, it's a little, little bigger. Then you go to the next week, is it the 20 week or 24 week or whatever it is. You go to the next one, and it's a bit bigger. And you see this growth. And you see that as they put things on and connect, they can tell different things like the heart rate. They know, and we love information. We love to know the process. We love the methods of how we're going to get there. But Jesus says, what you've learned is, you've learned religions, laws, all these things. But I'm going to tell you about something now. It's about the Spirit's work in your life that's invisible and you can't see it sometimes. And I'm going to introduce you to stuff that I'm going to tell you now that's bigger, bigger than what you know. But you've got to get this, that sometimes the Spirit's work is invisible. So you've got to get into this system of thinking, Nicodemus, and you better go and tell your pals in the next meeting that actually there's a new thing coming. There's a new covenant coming where the Holy Spirit's going to come. And actually sometimes you're not going to know the answers. You're not going to know how things are working. But it's by my Spirit. Hallelujah. Mark 8, 36, Jesus says this, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? You can have all the information about God and it won't do anything for you. If you've not given your life to Jesus Christ this afternoon, you've not surrendered to him, you've not said, I want to give my life to you, I want you to wash me clean, I receive you as my saviour, then information's not doing anything for you. Nothing. It's when someone cries out. The person who cries out to God and says, God, I believe in your son. He'll come. He'll save you. He'll wash you clean. He'll make his home on the inside of you. How beautiful is that? And that can happen for you today if you don't know Jesus. How can this be? He said, Nicodemus. Jesus says, you're Israel's teacher and you don't understand these things. In other words, you're the best of the best. 
You're Israel's teacher. And you don't understand this. Don't you realize that all your scriptures point to this? You've got all the directions, but you missed it. I want to bring you just a few things today to talk to you about what I believe this story helps us in our journey. Because I believe that some of us can be like Nicodemus in that we lose the spiritual angle and we trust in our own abilities again. Number one is this. Jesus is greater than your feelings. He's greater than your feelings. You see, the fact that he came and says, we know that you've come from God because no one could perform the signs that you do. He came off the basis of his sensuality. What he saw, he saw the miracles. He had the feeling. They heard about them. So then he comes to find Jesus. But Jesus talks then about the Spirit. And he says this in John 3 verse 8. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound. But you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, I know he's talking about salvation. So he's talking about that initial thing of when you, if you give your life to Jesus. And I did one day, I was in a meeting, heard someone preaching just like this today. They preached the gospel. And inside, I heard the words and faith comes by hearing the word, the Bible says. But faith comes by hearing, but God is doing something. And he can be doing something right now on the inside of you and you can't see it. Because the word comes and it works with the spirit. And you receive and you said, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus. You respond in that way because the spirit is doing some work. And it happens that the spirit starts the work but he doesn't leave us. We sung earlier, he's the, he's the Alpha and the Omega. We like to talk a lot about the things that he starts, but he's, he will finish what he started. The problem is many of us walk away from him. So we walk away and some people say, well, God never leaves you or forsakes you. But we do a lot of walking away. That's why John chapter 15 says, remain in me. If he means remain in me, it means that you can walk away. So I, I want to encourage you today that sometimes you can have feelings, you can... Trust in the feelings and see things, but actually God, has, if he starts something in the spirit and it's invisible, he's working all the time in your life. And sometimes you can't see things you want to see. Can I say the greatest work is done in the unseen? The greatest work God's doing sometimes in my life, and could it be right now for you that the greatest stuff that he's doing in your life is actually the stuff you can't see? It's actually the things that, the circumstances you've been praying over, the things you've been asking God to do or intervene on, that you're looking and saying every day, well, I don't see any change. And he's saying, don't look at what you, you can see, because the Spirit is at work. We sung that song earlier, I realized, it says, let the king of my heart be the wind inside these sails. What does that mean for you? You can sing that as many times as you want, but I'll tell you what it meant for me as I sung it. I thought, hang on a sec, I realized this, this means something of what I've been preaching today. That if I want him to be the wind inside my sails, if I'm in a boat and the sails are up, all I can see is the sails. All I can see is that I'm moving, but I can't see the wind. He'll take you in a direction sometimes that you don't know you're supposed to be going in. If you give everything to him and say, God, I want you to direct me and to take my life in your direction, there's going to be some invisible stuff going on. Now he says, you, you hear the sound. 
You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. And sometimes what happens is, and I want to encourage you in this because sometimes people say, well, if I've got to live not seeing anything, what happens is we see the effects sometimes every now and again of the sound. Yesterday I was watching my son play football. I went onto the pitch and as they were playing on the pitch, it was so windy that I was literally nearly getting blown over at some stage. It was so windy, gusts of wind would just come. I couldn't see the wind, but I felt it. Oh, I felt it. It nearly knocked me over. The kids couldn't play properly. Sometimes you couldn't hear properly. I couldn't see the wind, but I saw its effect. And there are circumstances in your life right now where you can't see anything happening. Can I just say to you, the the Lord has brought you today to hear this. There are things happening right now what you cannot see. Daniel chapter 6, King Darius he puts Daniel into the lion's den. He, he puts a stone over, throws him in there, and then he seals it with his ring to seal the deal. He says this, so his situation couldn't be changed. Talk about final. You know, I'm, I'm putting you in there, but when he put him in there, just before that, he has a little chat to him. He says, may your God rescue you. You know? You're a praying man, may your God rescue you. And he throws him in there. And then interestingly, the king Darius through the night can't even eat or sleep. I reckon he's an undercover believer, a bit like Nicodemus. He's got something's happening. He's Something's happening where he realizes that even though he's doing what he's supposed to do, he's doing all the things he's supposed to do. The problem is that when he put the stone over and sealed it, he can't see anything. So then he can't eat and he can't sleep because he can't see. He can't see. And some of you right now, you're a bit like King Darius. You're in a situation where the stone's over. You can't see whether the lions are killing off things. You can't see what's happening. You're in, you're in a blind spot. But I've got some good news for you today. That God is working just like he did in Daniel's den. He's working for you in your life in stuff you can't see because his wind of his spirit is moving things around. When you can't see. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 37. The bones, the valley of dry bones. They come together. The breath of the spirit comes onto the bones. Things start shifting around. Things start moving around. The bones come together. Let me tell you, there's a rattling sound. And things start to come together. God says, I am bringing things back to life. There are things you can't see. My spirit is breathing life on them. You might hear little rattling sounds every now and again. This is the work of the Spirit. This is the work of the Spirit. Nicodemus, you're so used to things happening in order. You're so used to things happening in the way they should be in the past. Don't trust your feelings. Don't go on your feelings. It's time to operate in faith and believe in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. But no, no, no. We're in, we're in a... We're in a generation where information is the only thing that we live off. I mean, I know I say I keep going to the gym, but I'm just telling you just because it keeps me going. Because if you ask me if I'm going, then I've got to go. Sometimes I don't feel like going. It's not healthy to go there. (laughs) Oh, I've never felt so tired. 
But I've been going, and one of the things I've been realizing is that I started going, and you go on these machines, and I said it the other week, you're in front of a digital array of information, calories, distance, cadence, heart rate, touching things, making sure it tells you your heart rate. You're thinking, at one point, I thought, I was touching the thing, looking at the heart rate, then looking at a board on the wall that told me, if you're in that heart rate level, you'd be nearly dead. Thank you. There's that much information. We are in a generation where we love information. You've got apps on your phone that are connected to your body that tell you, your, your watch will tell you how much sleep and whether you've had a good night's sleep. You need your, you need your watch to tell you whether you slept well. Someone said to me, I've got a watch, it tells, me, it tells me if I've had a good night's sleep. I said, well, I can tell you whether I've had a good night's sleep or not. I don't need the watch to tell me that. No, it'll tell you the level of quality. Well, how do you know the level of quality? Well, it does just knows. We love information. We love things connected to know what's going on. And so we're used to that. So we're used to that. And, and, and listen to me. You've got to get this. Nicodemus was getting a lesson from Jesus that life in the spirit is about actually not knowing stuff. It's not knowing how it all works, but trusting in faith. And I've got some news for you today. The kingdom of God does not work like an iPhone or a watch. It does not work where it gives you all the information. There are sometimes you're going to be running like I'm running on the treadmill and the lights go out and you ain't got nothing on there. And you have no idea how long you've been running, how many steps you've taken, what your heart rate is, and you don't know what's happening. But let me tell you, keep on running. Keep on running. Because you don't need the information. You need faith in God. Because He orders your steps anyway. Hallelujah. Things in the Spirit are sometimes invisible. I put it here to see... The kingdom of God, seeing the kingdom of God is the supernatural ability to no longer rely on what you can see in the world. It's that ability to say, do you know what, I don't need to see things. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, now faith is a substance of things, hope for the evidence of things. What? Not seen. Not seen, not seen. So you've got to get into this season this, this year, let me tell you. It's exciting to actually trust God and see absolutely nothing. Because he's doing things. He's at work. He's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the author of life. If he's the author, he's writing things. He's written you. He's written your life. He knows everything. So he's writing these things out. And the more we trust him and the more we stay close to him, the more we know that. See, my kids in, in our house, and I've said this many times before, but we have the internet connection, the Wi-Fi. If our Wi-Fi goes down, everyone, it's like the router is the rock of our house. I mean, I'm surprised that these routers last as long as they do. They do so much work serving everyone in the house. The thing, something goes wrong, the kids come to me, we're disconnected, Dad. And I'm there trying to work it out, I'm calling Virgin, and you know, the other day I, I, I said this morning, and my mum will kill me if she hears this, but I phoned, I video called my parents the other day and my dad answered the phone and he says, oh, I'll go and grab your mum. And so he goes to get and she come in and she was just washing the pots at the time. She was just using the tap. And for some strange reason, the tap 
had stopped working as she was just running the tap. And she walked into the lounge and she said, oh, he said, oh, Phil's on the phone. He said, she said, oh, the internet's working. She goes, I wondered if it had cut out because the, the tap stopped flowing. I'm like, mum, I know you, I know you don't know much about technology, but not everything runs off the router. She was embarrassed after. I said I'd share it on Sunday. I was, I was laughing, my dad was laughing, the fact that my mum thought that the Wi-Fi cut, cut out so that she couldn't wash the pots. What a good excuse, boys. And so... Some of us, we, we trust in this thing. We trust in the router in the house. It's amazing what we put our trust in. We put the trust in this one little thing that is serving. And do you know what? You never ask the question, as a person, as a, as a person receiving a service, you never look and try to work out where the, where's the data flying around. Because it's all happening on a radio frequency. You've got no idea. You don't, ask, you don't ask the technical details. You just want to know where is it. Co- I, want, I want to see the result. The problem is when you get that time when you're on the internet page and it says error 404, nothing to show. Straight away you get this sinking feeling that what's happened. You look at the router. You look at the problem. But let me tell you, the kingdom of God, there's no problem in the flow of communication from there. There's no problem with the frequency. The problem is us, the devices. Your password is wrong. You've disconnected from him. The Wi-Fi is always there. The signal is always there. That's why he's omnipresent. So when someone says, you know, God never leaves you. Don't say that to me. No, God never does. Wi-Fi is in the air today, but you've got to connect. You've got to connect. It's all, listen, you can never, there'll never be a time when you have to phone up heaven and say, I'm sorry, but you're down at the moment. No, 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 no. There's no problem here. We're always running. We're always running. Because let me tell you, the frequency from heaven never gets interference. (laughs) Come on, church. The frequency never gets interference. There's never a problem with the interference from, he- from the signal from heaven. It's us. Some of us have got to check and see what passwords have I aligned myself to? What other things have I aligned myself to that's disconnected from the source? But I'm actually blaming God that I don't feel him anymore. I don't really feel like I'm, I'm a Christian anymore. And he's saying to you today, come on, get plugged back in. Come on, put your password back in. I never changed. I never left you. I never forsake you. The signal's flowing at full speed. You just walked away. You just assigned your password and connected to something else. It's time to come back. Come back to the spirit. Don't come back to the works. Don't come back to the things that you're doing. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. It's interesting that the Spirit of God can be around things that are formless and empty. And there'd be no life. Why? Because it proves the Trinity. 
It reveals the Trinity. It reveals that God, when God speaks, Isaiah 55, 11, it doesn't return void. When he speaks and he says there's light, the Spirit releases that and they work together. The Bible says in Colossians that in, 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 in Jesus all things are held together. The whole Trinity releases. He says that Jesus was there before the foundation of the world. All three of them release things. It works together. And some of us today, we've dried up and we're around spiritual people at church. We come to to our services, but actually we don't want to flow in the Spirit. We don't want the Spirit of God. We relied on religious system. But God says, I want you to have my Spirit. I want you to be filled with my Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled so you can have the fullness. You can move from emptiness to fullness. You can move into that new life. It's interesting that in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, she's right there next to Jesus talking about spiritual things, about drinking a different drink. She's empty. Emptiness is there. She's been going around trying to find life in other men. She's been trying to find happiness in her emptiness. And she's going around asking all these things. Jesus says this. Listen, if you knew, if you knew, The gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now this is amazing because what Jesus is saying is that the very source of life is right next to you. I'm right next to emptiness, just like in Genesis chapter 1. I'm right next to something that has, has become so empty because you can't find happiness. You can't find satisfaction. You're empty. You're void. There is darkness in your heart. But the the source of life is hovering right now at this well. And you've got a choice. Are you going to have me or are you going to keep on building your well? Are you going to keep on coming back to your well? Are you going to keep on building, as it says in Jeremiah 2, the cisterns that can't hold water? Or are you going to receive me? And just like the spirit was hovering. Do you know what she responds back with? She says, sir, sir, give me this water. So that I won't get thirsty. Do you know what happens when you say that? Do you know what happens when you say, Jesus, I want to be saved. Give me this life. God does something. Faith comes by hearing the word. God does something in your heart. The spirit gets in action. The spirit begins to birth something. The Holy Spirit starts a new work in you. He's the Alpha and the Omega. You're on the biggest and greatest journey of your life. And you're going to walk into great things. God is going to use you in everything he's got for you. Something starts. As long as you don't disconnect and walk away. Something begins. Beautiful. For me, many years ago. When I gave my life to Jesus, something happened. I didn't know what was happening. We sing that song. Something happened and now I know He touched me and made me whole. He touched me he touched me and oh 
that fills my soul. Something, I don't know what it is. It happened, it's invisible. And now, now I know. He touched me and made me whole. Hallelujah. Come on. Sorry, I just fancied to sing. Sir, give me this water. Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty. Listen, there's some people right now in this room. You're dried up on religion. You're dried up. We sung earlier about singing and rejoicing, walls coming down. I'm telling you, there's walls in people's heart that have built up. And all you're doing is come every week, do the same thing, week in, week out. All your life and faith is based on a rotor. It's a rotor. If I just fulfill the rotor, no one asks questions. Just do the rotor, no one asks questions. Act holy, no one asks questions. I don't have to ask any questions. God knows your heart. He examines the motives of our heart. He knows everything about you. And I'm here to not tell you off, but to here to say there's more. There's more. There's more than religion. And he wants to bring you into that time and where you have to trust him more than ever, where you don't even see things sometimes, but you trust him. You see, what you choose to rely on, you choose to live from. What you choose to rely on, you choose to live from. Jesus was saying to that woman at the well, look, you can have a drink, you can have a proper drink, or you can choose your drink. And you keep coming back, you'll keep coming back in your life, wanting more. Hallelujah. Second thing is this. Jesus is greater than our familiarity. He's greater than our familiarity. Nicodemus knew the stories of old. And it's very interesting that the next thing Jesus talks about is he he picks up an Old Testament story from Numbers 21. And he talks about the desert wanderings. And he talks about the problem when they all moaned and they groaned. And then God sent snakes. And they all start dying. No one likes that because we don't like to think that God would do that. But listen, God likes to illustrate things sometimes. He likes to illustrate things with giving with Ananias and Sapphira. You read about it. But listen to me. He does this. He sends the snakes. There's some snakes in your life right now that God has just sent your way to redirect you back to him. He'll use snakes to redirect you back to him. It'll allow you into places where you think, you, you've just, you've walked in, you think this is of the enemy. No, God has allowed you so that you'll look back to him. He says, just like Moses was in the desert and this, this in fact, let's read it. Numbers 21, we got it up there. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake. This is in Numbers 21. And put it on a pole. Anyone who's bitten can look at it and live. And so Moses made a bronze snake, put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at this bronze snake, they lived. This was pointing to Jesus. Jesus is saying, do you realize way back all these stories you know it was all about me? It's all about me. I'm greater than that bronze snake. I'm greater than this pole. I'm greater than everything. In fact, I'm going to surrender my life. 
Because John 3.16, which I'm going to tell you, for God so loved the world, he gave his son. It's bigger and greater than what you know. Your familiarity is based on the old stories, but there's something new coming. It's something new. It's something bigger. It's something greater. And, and you know the problem for some of us is that actually we can't move into what God has because we're so stuck on the familiarity of the way it used to be. Oh, it's got to look like that. It's got to be like that. I don't know if I can receive Christ because to do this it takes faith. I don't know if I can. It's not like I expect. Years ago I went to Sri Lanka and we went to the, 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 the area of Kandy and we, we were in Sri Lanka, me and Emma and the kids, and not the kids, sorry, this was on my honeymoon. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> Do you want to blank that bit out? And I was in Kandy and, we, and I had this ear infection, really bad pain. So I go to the doctors the next day, the team who we were with, traveling with, they took us into this doctor's and I've never been in a doctor's like this before. It was interesting, put it that way. Walked into the room and this doctor said, what's the problem? I said, I've got a pin in my ear. He opened his drawer and pulled out a plastic bag and he gets the ear thing and sticks it in. It didn't look clean, but I, I was in so much pain, I let him put it into my ear. So he puts it into my ear and he says, yeah, there's a problem. He said, I'm going to give you some tablets. Here's the prescription. So I walked out of this room down the corridor and uh, went to this little hut in the same room. It was like a hut with a, a lady inside. He said, just pass it to her and she'll give it to you. So I passed the, the, you know, the, the prescription. A few minutes later, she's rumbling around in there. And she just pushes this Petri dish through with about four or five colored different tablets. And then a bag, a brown envelope with the rest of the tablets in for the rest of the week. She said, take these now. And there's a glass of water. And I looked at it and I thought... Do you really know what these things are? Because I don't know what they are. And there are a lot of different colors. Now the problem was is that that was my opportunity to receive healing. It was my opportunity to receive my answer to the problem. But it didn't look like what I expected. You see, my expectation was it should come in a nice little box with a logo on and have all the certification and approvals, and everything should look clean, smart, with just one tablet per day for seven days. And it's white, not multicolored. The problem was, is it didn't look like what I expected. And so some of us today, we look at Jesus, and what happens is this in our faith... We get so used to making our faith look like what we want, so based on religion, so based on it being clean cut and having no, um, nothing but everything's got to be certain order. It's got to be my way. In fact, it's the God of my own image. This is how it's all got to look. That if I create this, this, this feeling and then God comes in and says, you've got to trust me. You've got to have faith in the invisible realm. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust me with your life. And look to me when you can't see anything. No, but I want familiarity. I want things I'm used to. I like the way I work. No, 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 no. You've got to step away from the way you work and step into faith and trust even when you don't see anything. And that's not just for receiving salvation. That's for everything in your Christian walk. Some of you today, God is saying to you, I want you to operate in this way. I want you to receive these tablets in this way. But you're, no, 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 it's got to look like this. Jesus is bigger than your familiarity. He's bigger than what you know. 
You see, he says he sent snakes. And snakes were around them. It's interesting that it gives this illustration of God sending these snakes that make them look to Jesus. That's the whole point. It's, it's the story's about the fact that these snakes were to look to this pole, that actually in your life today, if there's a Jesus, if there's a Savior, if there's a cross, then there's some snakes around as well. Some of you have got problems with snakes hanging around your life. You've got things hanging around that are not from God and the things that you've let in when you change your password on the Wi-Fi frequency to heaven and you allowed things into your life and you allowed what was once a foothold to now become a stronghold. You let one snake in your house and now they're absolutely riddled in your home. At one time you wouldn't watch one thing on the telly because you thought, no, I don't want to watch that kind of stuff. But now you change your mind. Now it's okay to do that because God's, God wants me to have a bit of pleasure every now and again. Oh, I'm going to listen to that kind of music. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to go into this relationship because it's a good idea. It fits my familiarity. It fits what, what looks right for me. I'm going to do all this because it's for me. And what we do is we let these snakes in our life And all of a sudden, we got them all around our feet. Let me tell you, snakes can never get any higher than your feet. And some of us right now, what you're doing is you're spending your life trying to deal with snakes and you're fighting them off with religion. Oh, I'm going to try and pray more. Going to try and read more. Then these things will go, no, you've got to do it yourself and you've got to do it by the power of the Spirit of God in you. To put to death all these kind of things, you've got to have the Spirit of God. (laughs) Look, I I know we have to put to death these things, but you need the Spirit. What God said, you can't religiously try and deal with these things. You can't throw your Bible on the floor at these snakes and then deal with it. You've got to have the Spirit of God in you to empower you to be able to ride above these things, to get rid of them. And all those years ago when Adam and Eve, they took that bite, they took the fruit. Do you know what? There was a bigger bite going on there and it was a snake bite of sin. Because that day when they met a serpent, they might not have got a physical bite, but what they did get is a bite of sin. And it has been the problem in this world since then. And there's only one anti-venom to deal with that problem. And that name is Jesus Christ. He is the name above all names. It's his blood that will set you free. It will kill off the sin and the venom in your life. But you've got to receive him. You've got to receive him. Some of us are sticking to familiarity. And he says this. He says, I want you to move from that. Just as, just as Moses did this. There's something bigger. Just as that happened. It looks a bit like that, but it's different. I know it doesn't fit with your parameters. I know it doesn't fit, Nicodemus. But I'm telling you something different is coming. Just as that happened, so it's going to be with me. It's interesting that Paul, Apostle Paul, Acts 28, gets bit by a snake, doesn't he? He arrives in Malta, gets bit by a snake. The enemy's under attack. He's had a shipwreck. He shakes the, uh, the, the snake off. He shakes it off into the fire and they're all watching to see if he's going to die and then they believe he's a god just because he, he's, he's fine. But it's interesting. Look at Paul. Paul himself was a devout Jew. He knew the scriptures. Acts 22 tells us that. 
that he was trained by the best. He was trained by the greats. He heard that he knew the scriptures. He was someone like Nicodemus. But then in the same chapter, it goes on to say that in Acts 22, it says that even though he was taught these things and he was a devout Jew, he's just like Nicodemus. He has an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus that changes his perception. And now he turns from religion. Now he has a passion. He's full of the Spirit of God and he's no longer killing Christians. He's saving people. Same again. He's transformed. He's took from religion to an encounter that changes his life forever. Unbelievable. It's great, isn't it? That God can do that. But it's only by his spirit. Only by his spirit. Hallelujah. Some of you can't shake off these snakes into the fire in your own strength. Your wisdom, as much Bible knowledge as you want to get, is not going to shake them off. It's when the Spirit of God starts to do that work and you say, God, I need your help. I want to do it myself. I want to put to death these things. But help me by your Spirit to live a life by your Spirit. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus today, maybe you have... In this room right now and you have wandered away or you, you've never even contemplated giving your life to Christ. The Bible says that those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. And right now, I don't know where you're at in your faith. You might say, oh, preacher, stop preaching at me because I know all this stuff. I know my God. Listen. I don't know where you're at. Only God knows your heart. But I want to encourage you today. Don't rely on religion. Deal with those snakes. Deal with these issues. It's interesting that you see this illustration of just like that happened. They looked up to this pull. They had to look up. Not look at the problem. Look up. We've had a game on our coffee table with the kids for the last couple of weeks, snakes and ladders. If you play snakes and ladders, one minute you're down, one minute you're up. You roll the dice, you never know what's happening. The kids love it when you go down and they're going up. You're going up and down this board, one minute you, oh, you nearly won, but then you go down. But let me tell you, there might be snakes in your life right now, but God provides ladders and the ladder was 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross to give you access to heaven, to give you access to eternal life. Jacob found a ladder and so can you through Jesus Christ. And you might be dealing with snakes, but I'm telling you, the same God who may have brought snakes brings ladders to get you out of the mess. Give it to him. Give it to God. And I'm going to repeat this again because what a powerful scripture it is. Jesus says to Nicodemus, for God, soul of the world, that he gave his one and only son, one and only son, that whoever believes, in other words, whoever's looking up to him, shall not perish. You won't die by snakes. You won't die by the worst problem you've got, the worst sin you're dealing with. You will not die, for God did not send his son 
into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Hallelujah. My final point is Jesus is greater than your fears. He's greater than your fears. Nicodemus takes a risk to step out at night. He's on a full covert, undercover SAS operation to find out more. And I'm not going to let anyone find out. And some of you are like that in your faith right now. You're so religious. If anyone really knew, I really want to know more, but I'm going covert for a bit. In fact, I'm not even telling people I go to church on Sundays. If they knew. So we covert Christians, SAS Christians, in the dark. Don't tell anyone. No one will know. You've been on a rotor for six years and you've never told anyone you go to church. Covert operation. But he comes, covert, in the dark. Do you know what I loved earlier? We sang this, that we have to come into the shadow of his wings. Do you know when you get into the shadow of his wings, it's the brightest place to be. God's shadow is the most illuminating place to be. And he comes, and what he thinks he's doing is, I'm going to go on a covert operation. And what does Jesus summarize it up? He says, this is the verdict. Light. (laughs) I've turned the light on. Light has come in. You're trying to do it all in the dark. You're so religious, you know everything, but you don't even stand up for truth. I'm turning on the light. Verdict is this. Light has come into the world. People don't like the light. They love to stay in the darkness. But those who do come into the darkness, they'll be exposed. Listen to me today. It's time to step into the light. My son in their room, in the bedroom, they've got a night light. When I go in on a night, that light is absolutely useless because I can't see a thing in there in terms of seeing things in the room generally. But it serves as a purpose. What does it do? It brings a gentle light that shows the parameters of the room so that when they wake up, they know they're in the Father's arms again. I know my dad's downstairs. I know my dad's in the house. And what God does for you is he's shedding light into you today, saying if you come, you live by the Spirit. Sometimes you're not going to see everything. But you're going to have a gentle light reminder that the parameters of my works, what I'm doing, are still intact. You can't see everything. You can't always operate fully. But you know I'm there. Last night, my son screamed out in the middle of the night. I thought someone was attacking him. I ran upstairs, went in the bedroom. I go, what's up? Everyone woke up, screaming out. But the light was on. And he knew that dad was there. Some of you are fearful, but he's greater than your fears. That's what religion does. It just keeps you in fear. You'll never do anything. You'll never step out of it. But Nicodemus took a step of faith in that dark night, and he has a touch from Jesus. When you have an encounter, it changes everything. It changes everything. Do you know what's amazing? Nicodemus, then, in John chapter 7, what happens then is, he starts to speak up for Jesus. Have you noticed something? Nicodemus gets two more roles later on. John chapter 7 and John chapter 19, you see him again. It's interesting, God will always release you when you stand up for him. Some people said to me, I'd love to preach. 
I, I believe I've been three years in the church. I, I, I believe right now. I wish pastor had let me preach. I wish, I wish I could serve on the worship. I wish I could do all these things. I believe I should be up there. And some of us are asking all these things and we don't even share our faith with our neighbor. The moment Nicodemus stands out, he gets a few more rules. He has an encounter. In John chapter 7, it says that it describes this little leaders meeting with them all together again. And they're all deciding what to do with Jesus. And interestingly, in John chapter 7, they're all trying to decide what to do with him after he's just been shouting outside. If anyone's thirsty, come to me for a drink. He's talking about spiritual things again. I'm the water of life. I'm more than religion. I'm more than your system. I'm more than what you've got. And so they all get together and say, what are we going to do with this Jesus? He's, he's, he's going on again. He's shouting again. And what does Nicodemus do? The same person that met him previously in John chapter 3 stands up and says, can I just say something? Can we at least give this person a try? Can we at least give this? Should we at least listen to what he has to say? And he stands up for truth. Some of you right now are so fearful because you're so religious, because it's not by the spirit within you that working. You're not acting in the spirit, you're acting out of religion. You don't stand up in work. You don't stand up in front of people. Why? Because the spirit needs to get hold of you and fill you again. So you're on fire, so you speak out with passion and zeal. He stands up. What a risk. He's gone now from covert operation to, hang on, shall we just give him a chance? Well, we know what happens next. It goes on and he dies, but we know it's the fulfillment of what God wanted. Then John chapter 19, what happens next? Joseph of Arimathea, he offers the tomb. They come together and what happens? When Nicodemus shows up again, he shows up with kilograms, loads of this myrrh and spices to come in and to embalm Jesus' body and to wrap it. And there he is right at the burial. At all costs. He's there again. Nicodemus on cue. The very person that was secretly doing this is now changed. You see, when you get into this position, it will change your words and your actions. You'll stand up and start speaking differently. Then you'll start acting differently. And you'll realize that there is actually value in the, in the death of Christ. Because you're there to balm him up. Because you know that something's coming. You know that once you sat with that Jesus. And he said, just as it happened in the past, I'm going to be lifted up. So when he embalmed him and he put all these spices on and he gives that cost of these kilos of these spices, all the time he's thinking, I remember that conversation and I realize that something's happened inside of me. I don't know what it is, but there's an expectancy inside of me that this person that is actually dead at the moment is going to be lifted up and I'm going to put my trust in him and I'm going to look at him. He's going to be raised up just like Numbers 21. Listen, this is what happens when the Spirit of God is working in your life. You're just like Paul and you're just like Nicodemus. You'll have a different perspective. Hallelujah. If the worship team want to come back, that would be great. Jesus does not want to leave you in the dark. Some of you right now, you're just trusting in your own abilities, wisdom, what you've learned. But I really believe God wants to just encourage you today. 
to step into a, a life that trusts him again. Even when you can't see anything. Even when there's nothing happening. Even when you can't see a thing. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. Hallelujah. Just the other week I had the joy of (coughs) going and watching my son sing at the O2 Arena. He got a, a good role. He's been a good lad. So he got a role. And we went down and there were eight and a half thousand children singing in a choir. And so we sat and watched him. We couldn't see him because you needed binoculars. The binoculars weren't very good so we could barely see a thing. But I had faith that he was there, you know. Couldn't see him but I had faith. I had faith that the school had took him down early that day and he was sat near the banner, but he could have not been there. I had faith. So as I sang the songs, watched and looked through the binoculars trying to see him, I had faith he was there. Because the school told me they'd take him there. I couldn't see. Big venue. Quite dark. At one point they turned all the lights off and they said, we want you to join in. We want you to turn your lights on on your phones. Some people couldn't do it because the power had run out. Some people could. So thousands across this venue turned their lights on. And then the darkness, light came in. It was enough just to see the parameters of the stage again. Parameters of the room again. I had to have faith that he was there because I couldn't see him. It's like that with you. Right now, God in your life is like that O2 Arena. It's a big place, lots going off. You can't see everything. You just have to have faith that God is doing something. And maybe the light that's coming in right now into your life is only dim, but it's an assurance of a night light to say that I am with you. I do not leave you. I do not forsake you. You might not see everything. You might not see everything, but I'm with you. You might not see me working, but I'm with you. You might not see all the answers, but I'm with you. It's time to trust me. Stop trying to do it in religion and trust me in faith. Come on, let's stand. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.